look at someone and say, you look good today, and then you can sit back down. <laughs> Who currently has a 100% attendance record to Flow Church? Anybody? Right, don't lose that. Perfect score. Dad, how's... Oh, no, wait, you were away last week. Don't worry about it. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Um, this is third week in, people. We're very excited, and uh, I think what we have already achieved is mind-blowing, and we give thanks to God, and I also give thanks to Hyde Community Church. Um, obviously, we, we built off what they had done, and we appreciate that. Um, I'm going to go with what I feel today. Uh, I'm going to change the preach up. Maybe we'll get back to it at some point, but um, I just feel like God was moving, and if it's okay, I'm going to go that direction. Yes. This church goes with the flow. Yeah, you're getting it. Nice. That's good. That's good. I remember a time uh, I grew up in the Salvation Army. If you, didn't, if you didn't know that, I grew up in the Salvation Army. And uh, in the Salvation Army, I never really learned about the Holy Spirit. I learned a lot about a lot of great things. I learned about discipline. I learned about family. I learned about uh, honor and respect. Um, but one thing I never really learned about was the Holy Spirit. And I remember when I was about the age of 18 probably 17, 18, that kind of time, I, I made a friend, and he became sort of my best friend. I was actually at the time praying for a Christian best friend. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Because I grew up in a school where I didn't have Christian friends, and I was trying to save them all, but I really wanted just a Christian friend to talk about God with. And I prayed, and then my friend Rory came along. And uh, my friend Rory is a great guy. I love him to bits. He actually suffers with cystic fibrosis, um, and he's been a long friend of mine for a long time, and we've gone through a lot together as he's struggled with that illness. Um, but one thing that Rory did was introduce me to the power of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you the occasion of what it happened? Because I think it's important to understand that it was strange for me to start with. And it took me time to get there. And I, I want to lead us as a church to a place where we are very comfortable with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just in church settings, but in our everyday life. Do you know the power of the Holy Spirit can help you with your diet? Someone? Yeah? You like that? Someone was like, take note. That's the new diet plan, people. Pray. I'm serious. You can. If you ask the Holy Spirit to help you with anything you are trying to succeed and do in your life, he is a good father and will want to help you just like any good father. So if you need help in your life, he will help you. If you need help to control uh, temptations and disciplines, he will help you. If you're struggling to wake up in the morning and pray, trust me, tell him he'll help you, man. He, he really liking that one with me at the moment. You can use him and let him guide your life in a powerful way. So I remember this time Rory and I sat down for a coffee, and it was the first time that we had ever met. It was our first um, brother date, if you would like to call it that. And we're sitting down having coffee, and he, he says to me, Liam, do you, uh, do you speak in tongues? And I was like, at that point, guys, I had never heard of it whatsoever, okay? For me, that was, I think I'd seen it on some TV where some guy just screamed at a camera, you know, that's, how, that's the only experience I had of it. So I immediately around, turned around and said, no, no, I don't, I don't. He said, you feel the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know what that meant. Anybody else, like, ever go there? I didn't know what it meant. So I said, no, 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 I, I'm not. I don't, I, don't, I don't really need that. Anybody ever felt like that before? Oh, I don't really need that part of God. I, I know my part of God. We're good. We chat all the time. We know what we're about. I don't need that other part of God. Now, you all know, though, you have to have all God. You can't have some God. It's all God or no God. Like, that's how it works. And so many people these days, that's how they play with their salvation. I'll be saved for this part of it. No, 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 that's not how it works. If you give your life to God, you give your life to God. 
which means it's everything, every part of it, every second, every word, every thought, everything you do, how you handle your money to how you talk to your neighbor, how you brush your teeth sometimes. No, I'm joking. You, it changes everything about your life. God changed everything. And so you have to have all God or no God. And, and so I remember sitting there and Rory was telling me about the Holy Spirit. And I thought to myself, look, do I love God? And I really did. I've been passionate for him since a young age. If you don't know this about me, I actually grew up knowing God. Some of my earliest memories are praying. I feel very blessed to have always known God and never rebelled against him in my teenage years, nothing like that. Always passionately devoted to God. And I had a friend who told me something I didn't really like to hear about God. I don't know if I want that part. It's a bit too far. It's a bit too extreme for me. I like the world I'm in. I like the God I understand. I have a grid of understanding in my life. And at 19, you always think your grid is very full up and you know everything. Mine was anyway. And I was happy. But I said to myself, if there is more of God and I truly love him, I must chase that. Would you agree with that logic? If, he, if, he's, if, if that's really God, who am I not to want more of it? Who am I? Because if surely if he is a good, good father, then even what I understand of it from afar will change. My distance was definitely distorting my vision of God. When you have distance from God, it will distort you of how he in- interacts. God does things in Nigeria that he doesn't always do in the UK. Nigeria have a different culture, but if you look at it from afar, you, it will distort your understanding of God. And so I thought to myself, I've got to go for this. I've just got to do it. And he said, well, Liam, I'm going to a prayer meeting on Wednesday. And I was like, okay, I didn't want it that quick, but thank you. I want to, yeah, anyone else want some time just to process it? I'm having a prayer meeting on Wednesday. Come over. Everyone there loves praying in the tongues and the Holy Spirit, and we'll pray for you. And I'm like, great. That sounds like really good fun. Go to a place where I don't know anyone and let them all lay hands and pray for me. Yay. I turn up on Wednesday. I turn up to a friend's house, I knock on the door, a stranger's house, sorry, I knock on the door, and this guy answers and immediately grabs me, pulls me in, gives me a massive hug, I'm like, thanks man, nice to meet you, um, and I realized we're actually in prayer meeting in his house, I thought we were just going there to go to the hall where we were going to have it, no, it turned out I was in his house, and there was four people there, people, four people, so I'm walking in, I'm already nervous, I don't even like it anyway, and there's four people in the room, have you ever been to an awkward prayer meeting before? Yes? Ever been in a circle of prayer when you're like, somebody else, please pray. Like, this is, this is getting really long now. This silence has been going far too long. I'm thinking, this is what it's going to be like. I'm like, why did I come here? Why did I trust this new friend of mine, Rory? What on earth is he talking about? And then the guy looks at me, and, he, and the guy leading it, he's really like intimidating, powerful guy, and he says, I'm going to pray in tongues the whole time. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, yes, sir. Whatever you decide. And he says, have you been baptized? I was like, no, sir, no. And, he, and then we start praying, and they all pray out, and they're all screaming out, saying things I don't understand, and it's all so passionate, so much energy, and I'm, I'm a little bit freaked out, but I tell myself, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. So I've come here for him, not for them. So I've come here for him, not for them. So you know what? Jesus, if you are real, if, you, if this is what you want for my life, I give you permission. Do you know, sometimes the biggest thing you can do with God is just give him permission. In fact, I think the biggest thing that's holding back the church is just letting go of stuff. We just hold on to so much. We, must, we feel like we must control our lives. We must have it all together, and I must make it happen. If I don't make it happen, then it ain't going to work out. We, we feel like we have to hold on to so much. God, I don't want to give, and sometimes we even hold on to things that are bad for us. Have you ever done that? 
I'm struggling with this anger, I'm struggling with this insecurity, this doubt, this temptation, but I must deal with it. You know, we get saved by grace and then we live by works. How many of you know that? Yes? You agree with me? Do you know what's hilarious? Is it's actually anti-Christ to say that. It's anti-gospel. Because the gospel itself tells you, you cannot save yourself. You cannot get yourself into heaven. Most believers get to a place where they say, you know what? That's great. I believe that. I cannot get into heaven by myself. Anyone else agree with that? They go, I need Jesus to do that. But that's great. I'll now try and live my life my way, thanks. I'll try and control my, I'll try by my own strength, my own power to conquer sin, to fight temptation, to live my, people, we are no match for sin. We are no match for temptation by ourselves. I got saved by grace through faith, and I'm going to live by grace through faith. I'm going to continue to choose and give God permission and continue to let go and believe in him and trust in him to do the things in my life that he wants to do, even if I don't understand and even if I don't like them. Do you realize as a believer, God will get you to do things you do not like? You have to give everything. Okay, let me explain like this. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you today? Yes, yes. Come on, church. Let, let me put it another way. Let me put it another way. Um, Holly, I'll give this to you. You're an actress. Holly's an actress, everyone, by the way. Isn't that cool? Let's support her in it because it's a tough job. Holly, if, if I gave you my brand new iPad, by the way, 30th birthday present, if I gave it to you as a gift, you'd be very happy, I'm sure, right? I'll give you the Apple Pencil as well because it is delightful, I suggest to anybody, buy the Apple Pencil. It is worth the 90 quid. <coughs> I got a voucher, right? <laughs> Don't judge me. If I gave you the iPad, you'd be very happy, very blessed, feel very lucky to have it. But then if I said to you, Holly, you can have my iPad, but you can only use it on Tuesdays. Would you find that a weird thing? Yeah, that would be weird, right? Or if I said to you, you can use it all the time, but you can only use three apps, which I tell you you can use. Would you think that's a weird gift? Yes? You see, if I give you a gift, it is a gift. You're allowed to do with it what you like. You know, sometimes, you know, my mum has given me T-shirts, which, you know, I like, and I've thought for, thanks for the thought, but they kind of go in the back of the wardrobe, and then mum asks me three months later, where is the T-shirt? It's my gift. I don't have to wear it if I don't want to. Oh, I've been wanting to say that for a long time. <laughs> the confession is off me. Thank you, Lord. You're going now, mum. Thank you. <laughs> try, it, try it like this. Try it like this one time. One time when you're just hanging out with some people, ask them to borrow £10. Say, actually, say, can I have £10 from you? Most people say, yeah, sure, okay, give you £10. Tear it up in front of them. You'll, you'll see how quickly they feel an ownership over it again. Just, and then when you tear it up, although the new ones are really hard to tear up, say to them, it's fine, I, I'm, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to, uh, you, you gave it to me, it was my £10 note. I just wanted a £10 note to tear it up. I didn't want to spend it, I just wanted to tear it up. You understand what I'm saying? If I give someone a gift, I give them a gift. It has full permission and full authority in my, in, with that gift. If I give my life to Christ, my whole life belongs to him. Every part, 
There is no part of my life that he can now not impact. Now, God is a gentleman, and he's the type of God that says, if you say to him, God, you cannot use that part, he will say, fine. But that part will always be a thorn in your side. That will always be a problem for you until you let me in. You and I must learn to let go every part of our life, even if God does something with it that we did not expect him to do. Very often when Christians give their life, because the way we present the gospel, they assume that something that they have already predicted will happen to them. They come to faith because we say God is so good, everything will be fine and easy if you come to faith. And so that's what they think. And then when God does something different with their life, they start to question God. What happens? What happens if God really just wants you to build one family on this earth? Doesn't worry about your career. Your main purpose is here to build the one family that God has put you in charge of. What if? What if you haven't got some big purpose that the world would see as big? Or, or maybe what happens if God just called you to car park for the rest of your life, Dad? Sometimes. What happens if God said, that's the place that I have for you? You might feel like, but God, I can do more. Surely, God, there's more in me that you want to. And God says, no, this is where I need you. Can you just be obedient? Can you just be faithful and do what I have asked? Can you do that? Because if I have your life, I have all your life. So I'm at the prayer meeting. Let's go back to that. Got a little sidetracked. And I say, God, you have all my life. There is some stuff that weirds me out about you, but I'm going to press into it, and I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to stop relying on my own logic. I'm going to stop relying on my own understanding, and I'm going to let go of it, and I'm going to give over to you. They begin to pray for me, and as they pray for me, I felt extremely strange, uh, extremely peaceful. I would say I felt extremely drunk, but I've never been drunk, so I don't know what it feels like. But I, I know I could barely stand, and people were actually holding me up. And as I started to pray, I, I began, to, I said, I, I wanted to start praying out, and I just felt this urge to. And as I started praying, I started speaking in a language I did not understand, a language I could not even comprehend. But I tell you, when I was speaking it, something electric was running through me. I'm not trying to box the Holy Spirit into a feeling, by the way, but I just want you to know that when sometimes he works in your life, there are a lot of feelings involved. It's not just a feeling. That's another problem with the church today. We can always think the Holy Spirit is just the feeling you get on a Sunday. No, no, no. It's way more than that. He's way more than that. But there is times when he does things in your life which you will will 100% feel. And I felt completely different, very strange. And then what happened was as they finished praying, we started praying for other people. And as we were praying for other people, I started to get all these images flash through my head about their life. And I started to prophesy over people in the room. Now, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this to let you know I think we were all there at some point, especially in our English culture, that we've all been there where the God does something we don't fully understand, don't fully expect, and don't fully know what to do with. But can I encourage you, and can I encourage us as a church, can we be the type of church when God does something different and weird that we don't understand, we press into it? Yes? Can I get an amen? Come on, church. That we press into it. That even when we don't understand it, we go, we'll figure it out. As long as God is in it, it does not matter. He will be good. He will do what he intended to do. We're going to press into it. Trust me, we need to do this because if if we want this church to grow, if we want this church to impact this town, there are going to be some things and some people that turn up that we do not like and do not understand. I've seen it before. I started preaching to teenagers. We had 50 when we started, and within a year, we had 500 teenagers turning up our youth event. Trust me, there are some church people that weren't happy about it. You might say they're going, oh, how dare they? 
they should let all the young people in. Turn up on a Friday night at Kerith, all right? You'll understand when they're all swearing and fighting and smoking. You'll understand why 500 teenagers in one place is quite a tough idea. But luckily, I was in a church that decided to press into things like this. And so we pressed into it. And then because of that, we saw people saved. We saw people transformed. We saw people healed. We saw people delivered because we pressed into God. I have seen it since then because God told me to start going and preaching to other youth ministries. As I went to preach other youth ministries, they grew. So I'd preach, and in a couple of weeks, they would be like 100, over 100. And there were so many of those churches that when they reached over 100, the elders and the pastors said, we can't handle this because they're breaking our building. I'm like, well, that's what teenagers do, you know? That's what you have to, are you willing to risk a physical location to save souls? That's what you have to decide. Are you willing to risk anything for your life to save other people? That's what you have to decide. In fact, we actually even had a church that were going to attend our youth event to see what we were doing. And they called us up the week before and said, Liam, do you mind if we hang out in the balcony in the upstairs so that our young people don't interact with your young people? Because we've had some parents who are scared of their young people going into an environment like that. I was like, an environment of revival? Like, why are you afraid of that? But that's what happened, because we have a grid of understanding, and if God, if God wants to move outside that grid, we don't think it's right. We think it's different. We try and justify it. We try and put our own logic into it. We try and even quote scripture to go against it. But can I tell us, church, we are going to be a type of church that says God leads this church. We try and keep up. If he does something different, we will follow it. I will do what I am told. Is that making sense to somebody? In a minute, we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit, but I just want to encourage, this is one point actually from my preach, so this is good. We're getting one point through. I wonder what, what office you sit in in your life. I wonder what kind of office you sit in. I wonder whether you are a businessman or whether you're a family person or whether you go by mother or father or uncle or granddad. Which one is your favorite? I wonder if you go by friend. I wonder if you go by all of them. Do you go by businessman? Do you go by administrator? Do you go by assistant? Do you go by sir or do you go by your name? What offices do you sit in in your life? Do you work in the ministry? Where do you sit in your life? Uh, and what's your favorite one? Where, where, are you, where do you feel most passionate? Are you an artist? Are you a singer? Are you a platinum level Call of Duty player on the Xbox? I don't know. What, what's your favorite thing? Is it, is it the set down team? Is that, is that your favorite role in your life? Is it being a father? Is it being a mother? Is it being whatever it is? What office do you sit in? The reason I ask you what office you sit in, because I want you to understand, I want you to know you have been put there on purpose. You have been put there on purpose because you have given your life to God. If you give your life to God, he will manipulate and move your life to a place where you can fulfill the destiny he has planned for you. Which means that he's put you in a place on purpose. You don't just come to Hythe Community Church before this. You didn't just come by accident. You came on purpose. You don't just come to Flow Church by accident. You come by purpose. I do believe in the divine intervention of God. Okay, you don't believe me. It sounds too far-fetched, right? God, can't re God doesn't really control everything like that, does he? Let me tell you, Acts 17, 26, what the Bible says, Acts 17, 26. God destines the time and place in which man and women should live so that they might perhaps reach out and find him. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, you are placed where you are placed because that is the best place for you to be, for you to perhaps reach out and find your destiny. 
I thought that was some good news, people. I thought that was encouraging. You are where you are for a reason. That should encourage you, especially for those who may be younger, who have that fear of the future. Am I doing the right thing? Am I going the right place? Am I going to make it to where I want to make it? Yes, you are if you keep connected with God. If you keep letting God lead your life, you will make it to where God wants you to make it. You are in your place by purpose. Somebody please clap, amen, shout, whatever. And not only this, you're not only there so that you might find your destiny. You are where you are because that's the best chance the people around you have for finding Christ. But I love the way the Bible puts perhaps, perhaps. The perhaps, by the way, is not God. That's you and me. We are the perhaps bit. We are the bit where God had to write, I'm going to have to write perhaps just in case they decide not to follow me. If you decide to follow God, though, that perhaps will remove itself. People will find God around you. Some people come up to this and say, Liam, but I'm the only Christian in my school. I'm the only Christian in my workplace, and I'm the only Christian. And actually, the passage I was going to read to you today, Elijah was the only prophet in the whole nation of Israel. And when they say that to me, I'm like, yes. That's the point. You are the one. You've prayed so long to be special. God's made you special now. It doesn't feel so good, though, does it? God's done it for you. You are the one in your workplace. You are the one in your school where you teach. You are the one. Do you not get it? Do you not see it? You're supposed to overflow. You're supposed to be full up so that you overflow because you are there for a reason. You teach where you teach, teachers, because God wants you there to impact those children. You don't know who you're impacting. You do not know what you are doing there. But you might never see the fruit, but that is okay. Hebrews 11 tells us that that Noah and Moses and uh, Joshua and all these amazing people of faith in the Bible, Hebrews 11.39 tells us they are commended because they had faith when they didn't receive their promise. Take that in for a second. That's a challenging verse. God promised you something in your life. Abraham, he promised him a great nation. Abraham never saw that nation. Moses was promised the promised land. He never saw the promised land. They were promised things but because you, you trust your life in the hands of God. And you trust your life generationally. So you might sow into a classroom of kids that you have no idea about right now, and you might never see the impact, but I promise you, I guarantee you, that if you are aligned with God, you are where you are for a purpose, and there is somebody in your class that needs to be impacted by you. They might be a Billy Graham, I don't know, they might be an MP, I don't know what they might be, but they are there in your class for a reason, people. You are where you are for a reason. You're in your office for a reason. Your boss is your boss, even though sometimes they drive you insane. They are there. You are there for the reason that they might find Christ through you. Do you know, wherever you go on a Monday, that is your ministry. We are all missionaries, amen? Come on. Are you a missionary? You are. If you have Christ filling you up every day, if you are connected with Christ, wherever you go, you are a missionary. When you go to work on Monday, your primary purpose... This is a bold statement right now. Your primary purpose for being at work tomorrow is to save people for Jesus Christ. That is your primary calling. If you want to know, Liam, what is my calling? Very easy. Matthew 10, preach the gospel, pray for the sick. Simple. So when you're at work tomorrow, and people sometimes say to me, Liam, but I can't do that at my work. If I do that at my work, I get fired. And I'm like, okay, take that one up with Jesus, like. 
Because I think Jesus would still want them to know him, even if it costs you a job. That's being really bold now, isn't it? Is that a bit too far? Should I rewind a bit? It's fine. You can forget that point if you want to scribble it out. It's true, but scribble it out. Maybe take it later on. That's your main purpose. Let me be honest with you. I, t- I said I'd talk about this last week. I'm running out of time, aren't I? Is this okay? Are you still with me? Are you awake? Yeah, some of you are like, please, I'm not awake anymore. Okay, j- uh, just one last point, and then I'll, I'll move, and then we'll pray. God has placed me in my family for the very reason that they might find Jesus through me. That's what I believe. So when I'm with my family, my priority is always, they might not know this, and some of them are here today, but they, they know this part. That whenever I'm with them, what I'm constantly doing is praying in my head. Because that's my priority with them. My brother, especially right now, he's the one I'm praying for most. I will pray for him whenever he's with me. He has no idea how many prayers have been shot up for him. That's my priority to my brother. Second is to be a good brother. Primary is to be a good preacher to him. That is my priority. And I promise you, when you learn to live your life like this, when you allow God to break your grid, fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you say, God, you now lead my life. My life is totally yours. You will be amazed what God can do through you. I never really thought that my family could give their life to Jesus. Do you know that? Some of them already have, so that was fine, but there were some of them that hadn't, and I never really thought that they would. Do you know? Have you ever been there with somebody? Don't just leave me hanging there, people. Huh? I feel unholy otherwise. Have you ever been there with somebody you thought, no, that, someone, loads of people have said this to me before. Oh, that person's a definite no, though. Like, they're, they're never really going to respond. But let me tell you, man, I have seen incredible things. My auntie, who has really struggled with mental health issues and all kinds of problems, really struggled for a lot of her life, sat in worship for one song, and it was a brass band playing, people. Amen to the brass band players. They can still save people through those instruments. She sat in, listened to my dad's band play one tune, and in that one tune, her life got turned around by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can do it. You see, she was placed in the family where my mum was her sister so that my mum would marry my dad and that they would be connected and she might get to that one place in her life. And if she could just last, if she could just hold out to that one moment, that one song, then she would enter her destiny. She now works for the Salvation Army and is an amazing believer. I love her to bits. Not only that, but her parents. We were at a Christmas service one time, a Christmas Eve service. A midnight mass, can you believe? A really awkward, really traditional one. We're sitting there with candles and it's a bit strange. And my grandparents sit next to me and the Holy Spirit falls on me and says, Liam, now's the time. I'm like, for what? He's like, for your grandma. And I was like, okay. I'm going to get emotional soon, aren't I? I pray for her. And I turn around and say, Grandma, I'm really sorry, but um, do you mind if I pray for you? She said, yes, of course. And I prayed for her. She did have respect and she... Me and my grandma get along really well. And we, I prayed for her. And as I prayed for her, I felt this word from God. I prophesied into her life. She started crying her eyes out and said, then, yes, I would like to know Jesus Christ right now. I said to her, would you like to know? And she said, yes. Later on, she actually came to Keres Community Church. And we preached. I, I think I, I preached, actually. And I was preaching. I asked people to respond to the altar. And she just put her hand straight up. And then I went and prayed with her. And my granddad came along with her. He was a very obedient <laughs> husband. Come on, dear. We're going to get saved. Yes, yes, dear. So true, though, isn't it? It's so true. <laughs> and you know what? There are still family members that Emily and I have that are not saved, but we 100% feel a bit bad for them, really, because they have no choice. Because I've been destined there. I've been destined there. I'm there on purpose. I believe that I'm there to have impact. You are where you are to have impact. The school that you are in is so that you might impact. The family you're in is so you might have impact. You don't know. You have no idea. 
But you and I must, first of all, allow ourselves to be blown open by letting go of all our stuff. Let our grid go. Stop trying to understand your own logic or how they might get saved. Sometimes people get saved, you don't even understand how. I have a cousin who went to preach our youth event a couple of weeks ago, and I have no idea. I don't remember her getting saved. But then the other day, they told me she's preaching. I was like, I'm sorry, what? When did that happen? We even have a uh, cousin of Emily. We've been praying for him, and uh, we actually been saying his name. We've been praying just for our family. And then randomly on Facebook one day, he put a status that said, I've now decided to accept Jesus Christ into my life, and I'm now going to live for him. And me and Emily were like, we didn't even pray for him. We just prayed generally for the family. You have no idea what God can do through you, people. Do you believe me yet? Your impact is meant to happen. You are there for a reason, but you must let God blow you open a little bit and say, I'm going to enter your life. Give him everything you have so that every second, every breath, every thought, every word belongs to him, and you'll be amazed what God will do through you. They will d- Later on, they'll tell stories about you when you were a teacher. They'll say, we have worship in our school because of that teacher. They'll say, this office has a Christian union because of this guy that once came. This office now prays for big problems because that guy once came. This family now all goes to church together because that one person gave their life to Jesus. You will be amazed at the testimonies that you will share one day. We must allow God, though, to fill us up. Are you up for that? Van, can I have you back, please? Appreciate it. Okay, we'll take a moment. Take a moment, close your eyes. I've said a lot. I've said it fast. Don't let the band distract you. Take a moment. Right now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I haven't decided what I'm going to say yet, but I I know my heart. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me if you are desiring to. Don't just pray because I've told you to. I don't want you to do that. If you don't want to, don't. But I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer that lets God into our life. So if you're not ready for that, or you feel that's a bit too much for you, that's fine. You don't have to pray with us. There's no judgment whatsoever. You can take as long as you want to get to know God, but I promise you, the quicker you do it, the better it is. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, I give you permission to change my understanding to change my logic. Lord God, I acknowledge that your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Lord Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I may be a witness for you to my family, to my co-workers, and to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. In a moment, we're going to take 10, 15 minutes. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray and sing. And if you would love to be prayed for, to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I want you just to come out to the front, and we want to pray for you, um, and we want to see God move in your life. So when you're ready, if you want to see, stay sitting, you can. But if when you're ready, will you stand up with me? I'm just going to start praying and we'll sing out. So when you're ready, if you could stand up, that'd be great.
Well, thank you, Father. I thank you so much for the way that you've moved amongst us today. I recognize your presence here. I recognize what you have done today. I recognize that you've moved in people's lives, that you've challenged sometimes, that you've maybe even rebuked some things in us, but you've also encouraged us, you've loved us, you've been there for us, and you've given us new direction, new purpose, and new hope, and I appreciate that in you, Father. So I ask it right now in Jesus' mighty name, with the Holy Spirit full on this place. With the Holy Spirit full on this place. If you do not know God, may you meet with him today. May you encounter God today. If you've encountered him earlier on, don't be afraid. You can still meet with him again. So I pray, Holy Spirit, fill up this place right now. Thank you, God. Come on, we've got five minutes until our official end time. Let's just sing out for five minutes. If you want prayer, if you want prayer to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you come out to the front. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Just come out. Don't be afraid. Fill me up for my family, God. Thank you, God. Fill us up for our work, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God.
go. Let go to him. Let go to him. Let go to him. He can do a better job for your family than we can. So just let go to him. Give it all to him. Cast all anxieties upon him. Let him fill you with the Holy Spirit that you may be God to others. You may be God to others. You may demonstrate to others Christ. You may shine his light. You may be the star. Whatever turns on for others. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just end by praying for our families. If you have family that you would love to know Jesus, you'd love to be in this church, just hold out your hands, receive this prayer, be ready for a minute. When we say amen, we say let it be. So when we're saying amen, we're saying let it be. Let it be that what we've prayed comes to pass. So Lord Jesus, I declare and speak over this house that we will see families saved, Lord God. We will see families baptized together. We will see families worshiping together. We will see families restored together in Jesus' mighty name. We believe it, God. I speak over everyone right now who's representing their family. And for their fathers, their brothers, their sisters, their aunties, their grandparents, their nephews, their kids. Lord God, they're representing people that do not know you yet. And I pray in your mighty name. God, not that you would just save them because they have to decide that. But God, but you would break chains of the enemy that is holding them back. God, that you'd break chains of the enemy that are holding them back. We speak into their life a purpose and a destiny. We speak a time and an appointment where they will meet Jesus Christ. We believe it, God. We will not let anybody say no for us. We will not let the enemy say no for us. We will not let them say, I'm so atheist, I'll never believe it. Don't let them say no for you. Continue to believe for them. Continue to believe that they were created by God. Their purpose is found in him. And that is where they will find home. Believe it for them. Believe it for them. I speak over our families in Jesus' mighty name that we would see people saved and baptized in this place that you are related to. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Lastly, just grab the hand of someone next to you. If you don't like that, just say, I'm not really into that. And just stand next to them. That's fine. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. So you go into your week refreshed, recharged. Can I encourage you as well? We do have podcasts now. Please encourage you. Listen to, re-listen to the podcast. Get them into your spirit. I know you're thinking, Liam, once was enough. But please, let the voice of this house be the most important primary voice you hear. It's just so important for us. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I love them so much. They look so good today. Some are wearing some cool jackets today. I've seen them. They're looking good. And God, I pray right now they would go into this week and they would know the blessing and the goodness of you. They would know you so intimately this week, God. May you speak to them. I give you permission to wake some of us up and speak to us, just to tell us how much you love us. And I pray in Jesus' name they'd be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit this week to be your witness, God, to their friends, their families, their co-workers, and to the ends of the earth. May they receive power through the Holy Spirit. I ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Hug some people before you leave. Coffee is available at the end. We love you guys. Appreciate you. See you next week. Keep that 100% attendance record going. Thank you.